Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas. Do you know that today is the day that we choose to celebrate the birth of Christ? And who cares why it's on this date? The only thing that matters is that we do it, that we celebrate his birth and the reason that he came and the reason that we're all sitting here today, most of us anyway, right? Okay. So this is a time of year when families gather together, friends come over, and you have a lot of excitement. You might feast, eat a lot of food, might eat a lot of dessert. You might go straight for the dessert. That's kind of what I like to do is figure out what the dessert is to determine what I'm going to eat at dinner so that I can have the dessert. <laughs> but one of the things I really enjoy is playing board games. I'm not so much like video games because I think nobody talks during them, but during board games, there's a lot of talking, right? So will you play a game with me today? Okay, okay. All right, so what I want you to do is if you know me, stand up. Stand up if you know me. Okay, I'm going to ask you some questions. If you don't know the answer, I don't want you to tell me the answer, but if you don't know the answer, sit down, okay? What is my ethnic heritage? Oh. Hmm. Okay. Um, for those that are standing, now everybody who's sitting, now you're the policeman. You're going to make sure that nobody pops up because they ought to know a random question. They're out of the game. So those, that are you, those of you that are sitting are the policemen to make sure nobody gets up on the next questions. Only the people standing sit down if they don't know the answer. So um, do you know what one of my jobs was in my past? Oh, that was an easy one, I guess. What is my least favorite condiment? Okay. What is my biggest fear? Did everybody sit down? <laughs> Wait, except, look who's standing. This, the man of my dreams. It's a good thing I'm married to him. <laughs> We're going to come back to this in just a minute. This is the time of year that we get Christmas cards, and there's always a scripture. If you buy yours at, the, at certain stores, there's scripture in them. And the one scripture that we see is from John 3.16, and we all know it. We learned it as a child. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Right? We all know it. We use it when we talk to people about who Jesus is. <clears throat> and it's drilled into our heads from a very young age. But do you know what eternal life is? I'm going to tell you something it isn't. It isn't living forever. Did you know that? It's not living forever because... Believe it or not, it appears from what I'm seeing in the word, check it out for yourselves when you get home today or tomorrow, but there's going to be a lot of people living forever, some in eternal bliss, and some in eternal hell. 
right? And what we know in hell is agony, and what we know is that there's going to be a lake of fire. I don't exactly know how it all fits together, but I can tell you what it is. In a nutshell, it is forever without God. That's what that is. I want to be on the other side of that. I want to be on that other side of that great chasm where we are celebrating God, Hashem Adonai, the one true God and the Son, right? So where you spend eternity and what this scripture says that we're going to have everlasting life actually begins right now, right now. Like right here, like while we're still here in these bodies that are wearing out, it begins right here. Let's go over to John, if you have your Bible, I'm going to go next over to John 17, 1. Got it up? Yeah. So the context of this is Jesus has been approached by some of the religious leaders in the temple in Jerusalem, and they're asking him, you know, come on, tell us, are you the Christ or not? We've been waiting a long time for this guy. Are you him? And he's, he's talking to them, and he said, he lifted up his eyes to heaven, and he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you. So here he is, he's praying. This is what he's doing, talking to God. And look, he lifted his eyes to heaven. How do we pray? With our heads bowed down? We're look, we, look, we close our eyes and we look down. And sometimes, you know, you need to do that just to drown out whatever's going on around you. But sometimes we can follow what Jesus said. We can lift our eyes to heaven when we pray. And he's doing that from a position of authority. Okay. And he's also, Father, the hour has come, glorify your Son. He's showing you that there is a relationship there between the Father and the Son. He is pointing out something bigger than you and I are right here on earth. He's pointing out that God is a relational God and that he wants a relationship with us the way that he has a relationship with his Father in heaven. Amen. And he wants... He said, glorify your son. God, glorify your son, and uh, your son may also glorify you. That's us, that we are his children, that we, he would glorify us, anoint us to do his work here on this earth so that we can glorify him because everything we do becomes a glory to him, right? So verse 2 as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. Now, we know that Jesus is a gift to us, and we celebrate. That's why we celebrate this. God gave Jesus to us to save us from our sins. It was in the first scripture we read, right? And have you ever thought about what this says? As many as you, God, have given him, Jesus, as many as you, God, have given him Jesus. Think about this. We are Jesus' gift, the God, God's gift, the Father God's gift to Jesus. Look at that scripture again. He should give eternal life to as many 
as you, Father God, have given him Jesus. Do you ever think about that? That we are a gift to Jesus. And our life, our eternal life, matters how we handle our eternal life on this earth. The moment we're believers, it matters because we're Jesus' gift. All those who have been called are Jesus' gift. Let's go on to verse 3. And this is eternal life. This is important. Listen. And this is eternal life. That they may know you, Father God, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Some versions read, Jesus Christ, the Son, his Son, whom you have sent. That word no, if we go, I want, that word no is ginosko in Greek, and it means to know, but it means to know in a very intimate, deep way. Please put up the scripture for um, Luke, let's see, 134, please. The, the angel has just told Mary, hey, you're going to have a baby. And she said, how can this be since I do not know a man? Gnosko. Same word. God desires that deep personal relationship with each one of us. And that is, go back to verse uh, 17, 2, uh, 3. And this is eternal life, that you may know, that we may, that they, we, may know him, God the Father. Know, gnosko, deep, personal, intimate. He used that with Mary and a man. And I think it's no, it, it's no accident that of all the people in here, the only one who knew the answer to my questions was my husband. God uses the church and uses marriage as a metaphor for the church in Christ for a reason. He wants each one of us to have that deep personal relationship with him, the father, and the son whom he sent, Jesus Christ. That close of a relationship. He also told us that in, uh, let's go to John 27, please, 10, 27, please. My ship... Sheep, hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That know, know them, is gnosko. Deep, personal, intimate relationship that Jesus wants to know you. He not only wants you to know him, but he wants to know you in that same way. And the only way you're going to get there is by having a relationship. And the only way you have a relationship with him is the same way that you have a relationship with anyone on earth. A close relationship. That they become the person you run things by, right? You have, if you're married, you know this. Before you do something big or medium, you might run it by your husband, <laughs> right? When Greg and I were first married, we had a threshold. We've been, we were married for... Um, We've been married for 30 years. When we were first married, 
he, uh, we had this rule that nobody could spend more than $25 without asking the other person. That was a lot of money to us, $25. So, and we didn't have a cell phone that we could call each other from the store and say, hey, can I buy this? You had to go home and ask. <laughs> he had to go home and ask when he was at the golf store. <laughs> God wants to know us so well that he knows that answer, and we know, that he knows every answer. And you know him so well that you will lead and direct your life. You don't even have to go, well, should I do this or that? Because you already know in your heart that one of those choices is not his will for you. Right? And sometimes we pick that choice. And sometimes we only think about it when we're around other Christians. But you know it matters what you do in your workplace. It matters the choices that you make in your workplace. Whether you're the boss or you're the lowest guy on the totem pole, it matters. It matters how you conduct yourself. It may not matter to your coworkers, but it matters to Jesus and to God the Father. It matters. That's eternal life. That we know him so well while we're still in these skins and these tents that we have that deep personal relationship with him that he knows us back because we've taken everything to him and we've learned his voice and we, we know before we go there don't even ask, because that's not my will for you. You can't bug God with a little question. You can't, there's no question too little that God doesn't care about giving you an answer. Should I wear the red top or the blue top today? Should I go get some coffee in my kitchen or should I go sit in McDonald's? and wait for someone to come in to talk to? Should I share the gospel with the person that's walking in Walmart next to me that looks like they need a smile? Should I go to them and meet the need that they have? There's somebody who's limping. God, should I pray for them? We know the answer. Is sometimes we let the cares of this world interfere with the direction that God wants us to go. And we all do it, right? But our goal is to have that deep personal relationship that works both ways, that he knows us and we know him. In verse 2, can we skip back to verse 2? Because I do want to touch on this. As you have given him authority, as you, as you the Father have given him, Jesus, all authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. Okay, there's that exchange, gift exchange right there. I want you to notice the authority came from the Father to Jesus. And that's where we're going to go to the scripture that I was reading out of, out of line. But yeah, 1019. So he's been talking, the Jewish people, the Jewish religious leaders of that day have confronted Jesus while he's in the temple in Jerusalem and said, you know, hey, tell us, are you the Christ or not? And this is his answer. And, and he tells them, he goes through and he tells them, like, I do these works in my father's name, you know, I've done all this and you still don't know who I am. And he gives them authority. And he gives them authority in Luke 10, 19. So he's just, he sent the 70 out to go spread the gospel. He's still around. 
they're going to go talk to everybody about, about what's happened, what, that heaven has come to earth. And they come back, and they're rejoicing. They are so happy. They are filled with joy. And he, he, and why are they filled with joy? Because even the demons obey them. And he tells them, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Okay, there is where we're at, that he has given us all this authority to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to meet someone's emotional need, physical need, because he's the answer. He's given it all to us as part of what he did when he defines for us in John 17 what eternal life is, right? So there's our, there's our mandate. Go take care of it because our names are written in heaven. That's what we're rejoicing about. That's the reason that we're celebrating today, that he loved us so much that he sent his only son so that we could be saved from our sins and have everlasting life with the Father, and our names are written in heaven. And our job here is to become so close to God that we know who to talk to. Does he have a word for them? What to say? Who to give, who to share with. Some of you, the, all you've been told in your past, and, and, and I was told this early on when I first came to the Lord as an, in my 20s, is that, um, or late 20s, probably later, <laughs> and was that, um, you know, you just say this prayer and hey, you're good to go. Show up at, on Easter and Christmas and you don't even have to go to church. This is, this, this is what you need to do. Just say this prayer, and that's it. It's done deal. You're going to heaven. You won't go to hell. Well, did you know there's more to it? That's our everlasting life that begins the moment you receive Jesus. And if that's revelation, knowing him, knowing him and the son whom he sent, knowing the father and the son whom he sent, if that's revelation for you today, I'm going to challenge you not to leave without telling somebody. Don't walk out those back two doors, and you don't get to walk out these or that one, without telling somebody that that's going to make a difference in your life. Doesn't matter who you tell, just somebody, anybody can be a complete stranger. That knowing, that knowing God in that intimate way is going to change your life that you hadn't thought about your eternal life being knowing God that well. Just like Greg knows me, and you probably know your husband or your wife, maybe you know your child that well, I challenge you to make, you got a few days left of this year, God willing, and we're all still alive, I challenge you to make this time the time that you really press into God and get to know him and the Son Jesus, whom he sent. And let this change your life and the lives of the people that you encounter, whether it's at work or at school or um, in the marketplace when you're out at the stores or even when you're alone and no one sees what you're doing. Might it change 
your behavior and your desire. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him, Christ the Lord. We'll give him all the Merry Christmas, everybody. The Lord bless you and keep you.
The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace now and eternally. In Jesus' name, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.